On 11-16, SEM, the Four Diego's. Bratton sends it in low. Training ground into Cahill. Unbelievable, it worked. Worked to perfection. Skimmed along the surface and Cahill clicked it in. What a start for Melbourne City, 1-0. Edge of the box, Kane against Franius. Goes by Kane, balls in the area. O'Donovan, bang. They've answered. That was a really nice goal. Roy O'Donovan with his team leading eighth of the year and we are level 1-1 ball goes back in that's a goal and that's Cahill this time it counts that one did hit the back of the net and Cahill punches a corner flag and scores his second of the night it's 2-1 G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here in 1116 SEN Melbourne's home of sport hey Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this uh, what is it Thursday night tonight, and thanks to our SEN call team, of course, for another wonderful call. Ed White, Grant Brebner, and Jonathan Howcroft, of course, and uh, they'll be doing it, uh, well, not necessarily these three, but uh, there'll be another game that uh, SEN will be broadcasting on Saturday night, which is the Perth Glory Melbourne victory game. So, hey, big night tonight where Melbourne City defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1 at Amy Park. Vinny Venezuela, welcome. Good evening, uh, Rodrigo. Hello, to, listeners. Good to see you back in the saddle there. And uh, Warren? Yes, yes, uh, very good. I'm glad that I was able to come on tonight because City won. And I'm actually really looking forward to Vinny and Carlos as victory fans. We know that they are. How they spend the next two hours talking down a Melbourne City victory. <laughs> G'day, Carlos. Hello there, Rodrigo. It's amazing uh, how I've got uh, in the studio Warren Diego, who spent all pre-show talking about how he's going to rip his team apart. I am going to rip them because apart. Because they were lame, they were inept at times, and they had no intensity about them. <laughs> have, I, have I put words in your mouth, Warren? Sorry. I really... Uh, about you, 12 yeah. to 15 words. But Look, anyway. Rodrigo, I am going to Rodrigo will give us the data, will give us the results yes, and the, the, and the figures, all the figures that don't tell the story, really. Yep. Actually, in fact, they do tell a story. 2-1 win. 2-1. For, uh, Hale scored twice yeah. in yeah. the uh, third and the 39th minute. Yeah. O'Donovan scored in the ninth minute to, tonight uh, to make it one all, um, but he was sent off in the 23rd minute for a... Well, uh, well, a little bit of a touch on the face of Jakobsen. <laughs> this is a talking point, Rodders. Was it a t- I've been listening to you guys having a go at the referees all pre-show, <laughs> and I've just kept my powder dry because this is a talking point. It well, is a talking point. And I allow you, because you've got the schedule, to raise the talking point when you're ready, <laughs> but this is a talking point. Okay, well, another talking point is our sponsors, Tax Talk. Best on Plumbing and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. <laughs> They're our sponsors. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, fantastic sponsors, wonderful partners of the Four Diego's. Um, hey, and uh, we've got a big show for you tonight. We'll uh, obviously go through all of the talking points tonight. We'll take your calls on 9429-1116 and your text messages on 0433-981116. And we're taking calls from the Central Coast Mariners players in the bus because it's going to take you 90 minutes to get back to the <laughs> hotel. Right. You might as well do something with your time. Get on the phone right now, Central Coast Mariners. Give the Diego's a ring. That's true. Well, uh, that is another talking point, Carlos. <laughs> anyway, uh, Warren uh, Warren will do an audit a bit later on. Uh, I've so, got an audit. Oh, have you? Yep. Good. Good. Vinny, you've got best on ground. Yep. And Carlos, you've got a young gun. For tonight, it's uh, nine minutes past ten. Uh, 
Yes, it's a sight when Four Diego's are bopping in the studio. <laughs> To the sounds of Disco Inferno, 9429-1116. Give us a call tonight if you're a Melbourne City fan. Uh, give us a call if you're just a fan of the game because the game was the winner tonight. <laughs> we thought, Vinny Venezuela, what is the hotline tonight? The hotline tonight is just happy to get the points. Hotline, <laughs> yes. That's uh, very mellow. 9429-1116. Give us a call. We're mm. waiting for you. Let's start. Um, so, City back on the winner's list. Rogers, could can I just ask you to allow Warren to give his little synopsis of what he thought the game was all about? Because that'll be the real, real little catalyst springboard for the rest of the show, I no, believe. You have my Off permission. you go, Warren. <laughs> it was an unmemorable performance. <laughs> and, and you know what, Carlos? What I'd ask you is when you played 27 or 28 games in a season, okay, how many wins do you actually remember? You might remember one or two. The other 12 or 13 or 14 or perhaps 20 to 22 wins that you've got, you don't remember them. They're just points in the bank. You've changed your tune. No, no. You've changed your tune. Okay, I'm going to say it, and I'm not going to be disrespectful to anyone who's currently in the employ of Melbourne City. (laughs) But unless uh, Michael Valkanis, I know he's got, He's got children in school. He's got a mortgage to pay. He's got everything. And he's won two out of three games. And he should have have got something out of the Adelaide game if they'd pay the Colosso goal. Melbourne City. You're going to end the career of a young coach. No, 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 no. You're going to make make the kid go instead of private school and go to public school. You know how I'd equate. He won't be able to afford it. How I'd equate Michael Valkanis is this. I've been doing this show for you, with you for 23 years. And every, 24. 24, year, is it? 24, yeah. Every year I've asked a host. <laughs> every year I've asked. And occasionally you've, you know, you've sort of I've, semi-encouraged I've, me to I've, think I've that it might carrot, happen. Yeah, I've dangled the carrot, yeah. Knowing that it was never I'm not happen. capable. Yeah. I'm only a number two, not a number one guy. Actually, you're, and number, I need, four. you're number four. And I need to accept... <laughs> Michael Valken, Melbourne City need, I'm not saying he's not a, yes, I am. They need a presence. They need a guy that can pull this group together because for me, they're not rudderless, but they're ships on the ocean at the moment. Can Can we just look at the facts for a moment? He's been three games in charge. He was thrown in the deep end when John Van Skip had to go overseas and care for his sixth father at the time. And sadly, the fa- his father passed away overnight, I believe. So, you know, uh, commiserations to this the Van Skip family and family sure friends. Yeah. Uh, but he was thrown in the deep end. Uh, a, you know, a, a team that expects a lot. You know, employers that expect a lot. Out of those three games he's had, he's won two and really should have got something out of the Adelaide game. As I said earlier, if Colazzo's goal had stood, a perfectly good goal. Right, mm. and you're saying that he has no presence. Well, maybe you don't have to have a presence as a manager with this group of players. No, they, I don't they agree. Beat, they beat who they had to beat tonight, and just get the three points. Now you're happy. So just let's uh, let Super Tim run the whole show, Carlos. <laughs> let's save on on a on a gaffer, and uh, you've got to have a bit of a. Presence. No, as, as I said a couple of weeks ago, sometimes the um, the cuddly uncle <laughs> is a better coach. Uh, for a certain group of players, the Vincenzo Del Bosque at Real Madrid many years ago with the Galacticos, he was like the cuddly uncle, stood in the background, let the players 
really just blossom. And Haven't just you play advocate for being the biggest personality in the change room, Carlos? Sometimes the biggest personality is the quietest guy who puts his arm around someone, gives the players a hug. The, um, the way that Volcanus nearly tore Zappa's head off when he asked him about <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> shots on goal, well, can't, to he, me suggests that he's not, he can't be the cuddly uncle type, Carlos. Yeah, but it, but it really, but it really is ridiculous. It's like it's like a few years ago. I think Melbourne Victory were running second on the ladder. And uh, and they were you know they were winning games and and all, you Warren you were calling for Ernie Merrick's sacking that and was he was a long time ago. Well, still, I mean, that just reminds me of the no, irresponsibility of talking about someone's livelihood here. You I'm not asking. I'm not advocating for him to be sacked. Well, what what do I demote to go back to his position? If he gets demoted <laughs> again, I mean, he, he was he actually got the caretaker role at Adelaide and didn't go on to get the head the head role there. And you're. Uh, you're actually advocating for him to be demoted again. What's that going to do to the guy's career? He's probably already had the builder in getting quotes, you know, based on the new allowance he's getting, and you want to take that away, Warren. Just remember how much soul-searching you had to do when you sacked Redmayne last year or the year <laughs> before. True. I can't remember when. I'm not, advocating, really I'm not advocating for a sacking. I'm advocating for him to reassume... A position that he had that he was obviously on doing what very basis? well at. On what basis? <laughs> a more humble position. <laughs> Something more worthy of his station. We need <laughs> Melbourne City. Melbourne City aren't rudderless. That's not the word I'm looking for. But they need they need something. They're missing something. And lots of time. Lots of time. The guy who brings that something is the coach. And you've talked about it, Carlos. There's a lot of big personalities. I mean, look at Tim. If he, he didn't go back into the rooms for 30 minutes after the game. If he wasn't getting the results, I'd be with you all the way. But, you, but he's getting the results. What's the performance like, Carlos? It doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't right matter. Right now, oh, you very even good. said yourself, you don't remember three-quarters of your wins what through the season. What were you saying off air about the performance? I, I think it, it lacked intensity, but look at who they're playing. If they're playing a, a, a pub team and they were pub-like... They played the bottom two teams in no, the last two weeks. No, if Adelaide would know... Central Coast Mariners are no way an Adelaide United. No way. I mean, the way Central Coast Mariners started, say, the first 20 minutes was abysmal. They were inept. I'm talking about even before they lost O'Donovan. They were hopeless. And then they scored against the run of play, uh, and then O'Donovan gets sent off. So it was always going to be one-way traffic. I mean, you know, I, I sometimes have to say that if they're playing a lame opposition who's not really here to play, it's hard to you know, get that intensity up if you're in a big game and you had your backup, you know, you, you had a challenge as far as winning that game. So, um, you know, they just did what they had to do and let's move on. That's what I believe. Workmanlike. It, yeah, just, Workmanlike. Just get it done. Just get it done. I still think the it wasn't coaching ugly, position... Warren. It wasn't I still think ugly. the coaching position needs to be... Needs to be fixed before the end of the year. All right, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. What do you think about that? Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Hey, it's time to go to Snapper in Port Phillip Bay. Oh, hey, Snapper! That's a we've we've cast our line and uh, we've picked up a Snapper. G'day, Snapper, and welcome to the final whistle, mate. Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, uh, just a shout out to Richard and not to Jason. They know what I'm talking about. Um, but I have to agree. Tonight's performance, I mean, it was tough. Um, and I think when we went, uh, you know, one man up, Central Coast, uh, you know, they, they didn't adapt really quickly. They sort of still stuck to their strategies. But then in the second half, 
they, they played a six-man defence, and, and it's going to be tough as you know, Melbourne City tried to find their way through. But you got you're looking up, and you got six men just standing in front of you, and you're trying to find a way to your strikers. It ain't going to happen. And you know, their keeper tonight was outstanding. I mean, the kill Kenny save, the Bratson save, Colazzo um, you know, save. The, the, the Colazzo save. I mean, the Colazzo header that hit the woodwork and Cahill should have got the hat-trick out of it. But tonight, I'll take the three points. And, you know, if people are going to say, oh, it was an average performance, that's great. I don't, I don't mind that. When you win ugly and you win... For example, you know, I mean, we beat Wanderers ugly. We should have beaten Adelaide. We didn't. We, we won ugly tonight again. When you win ugly, it means there's a big performance coming up. And that big performance is in two weeks. We'll go to Newcastle. We'll probably we should get the three points, and it will be ugly. But then you come up against Melbourne Victory, and when you win three games, you know, ugly, you're going to have a big game, and that's against Melbourne Victory, and that's and that's going to be the one where I'm telling you now, Victory will slip their next two heading into the derby. City will be one will be three points behind, and I'll tell you now, Melbourne City will head to to Eddie Hatch Stadium, and with our heads held high, and we'll turn around, we'll say to Victory, you know what? We pumped his 4-1 last time here. We'll do it again. And the, the courage that, that, that the boys showed tonight, they, they held firm. You know, they were never a threat Central Coast. So for people to say, oh, it was an average performance, yeah, it was. But at the end of the day, it's three points. And it's a step closer to Melbourne victory who slipped up. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Collazzo played well. Josh Rose, I've defended him as much as I could. Tonight was his worst performance. Um, Kamal, once again, I don't know what's wrong with the kid, but he seems to get scared to run into the box. I mean, we saw Fernando Brandan in the second half when he came on um, with him and Bratton, when Bratton passed the ball to him behind the defenders. Kamal lacks that. It seems like he's scared to actually run into the box. He just wants to hug that wing and towards the corner flag and sit there. He hasn't learnt yet that as a winger, you need to attack into the penalty box. Um, but on, on overall, the uh, defence were, were okay. I mean, late in that second half, Central Coast did threaten once, um, and we nearly conceded, and it could have been, you know, two all in the end. But Cahill was outstanding. Bruno Fornaroli, look, I don't know what's gotten into him, but that first half, um, Bruno, if, you're probably not listening, but if you do go back to listen, <laughs> mate, when, He's you listening. Ball, when you got the ball on your own in the penalty box, you don't go and wait for defenders to come around you. You shoot the bloody ball at the goals, mate. Just like what Jakobsen did. He waited for the moment and he took a shot. And then Bruno tonight seems to be fancy. I want Bruno to want to ride to go back to basics. One touch, second touch goal. That's a fantastic synopsis there, uh, Snapper. Vinny? So yeah, I was going to say something. You know, there's, there's winning ugly, there's winning indifferently, and there's winning pluckily. And at the moment, you guys are somewhere between winning ugly and winning indifferently. And, you know... You're right. A win's a win, and you're going to take. You're always going to take the points. But is it going to be enough to win the hearts and minds and keep the people you want to keep interested? Because the, the city project is not just about winning. It's got to be about attracting people. Yeah, but Vinny, that's not the players. Uh, you know, that's not their goal to to keep the fans coming in. Their goal is just to win games. That's what they're paid for. I mean, you hope that the style of play and the philosophy of the club might lend itself to that. Um, you know, you know, if they're not delivering that champagne football, well, you know, it's not the players' fault. They just... Oh, it they can just, be. Well, it can be, but the thing is they're winning the games. 
I mean, yeah. they've won two out of three under Valcanis, and that's what Warren's having to go at Valcanis for. Uh, but they've won two out of three. And as I said, they, they could have got something out of that Adelaide game. So I don't know if the players should even think for a moment, uh, you know, style of play or whether it's champagne football, whether that's important or not. But they're not playing. The simple fact of the matter is whether it's, whether it's their responsibility or not to play champagne football, and I've defended them, and then when I defend them, you have a go at me for defending them. I mean, but that's, that's cool. But the simple fact of the matter is they're searching for their best form, okay? There's no and they're body. winning while they're doing it. No, they haven't been winning, Carlos. Well, have they you looked at the last six games? Well, the last three games, that's, I mean, I, for me, there's two parts of this season. There's a Van Skip aspect of the season, and there's a Valkanis aspect of the okay. season. So far, Valkanis has won two out of three. Yep. Okay. And they weren't poor against I think I remember Stamper saying they weren't poor against Adelaide last week. So they haven't been poor. They, look, tonight you've got to talk about the opposition. The opposition were lame. They were inept. And you just do enough to win those games sometimes. I'm talking about the simple fact of the matter is that they're searching around, trying to find the formula, players, method, and confidence, or mentality, whatever you'd like to say, they're struggling to find that like that's eight, going to like bridge eight, the gap. Like eight other teams in the competition no, are. No, no, because their Sydney, best is good enough. Yeah, but they're, you're they saying... They beat that, Sydney. They've beaten Melbourne every Victory. Every club is looking to get better. Every club is looking to play their style of game at the top level that they can. So they're continued... If they're asking a question of themselves every week, there's something wrong. So I don't think there's anything. I mean, you just can. Sometimes you just have there's to play. There's nothing to worry about. What's ahead of you? You just play. Central Coast Mariners. They rocked a fair income. They rock up 90 minutes late. Took them 90 minutes to travel 4.6 kilometres from the Crown <laughs> Plaza to Amy Park. Did anyone on that bus say, "Listen, just get it off. might be it might be quicker to walk"? <laughs> Thanks for destroying bus, my segment, Carlos. Anyway, but that's all right. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call uh, if you're a City fan, or even if you're not a City fan. What do you think of tonight's game? Just off the text message here, Fernando Brandan has to start. The whole team lifts around him with his intensity. He gives defenders the slip every time and gets in dangerous position. How Josh Rowe starts over him is beyond me. He's a squad rotation player at best. Play your internationals, Henry and Bungaree. Can but I suggest Josh Rose and and. And Brandan, that's not... There's a bigger issue with the Josh Rose. And look, you know, I'm, in, I'm indifferent about Josh Rose, but the big one, Tonic was dropped. For Malik, Malik no, effectively? To, no, Malik played last week to accommodate Kilkenny's return. But surely they should have thought about having Tonic in there and, uh, and maybe, you know, look at... They've, it's not the first time they've played with a three-man... Back, yeah, back no, one. true. Kilkenny so, has to really, play, though, Carlos. The question mark over Volcanus is why would you drop Tonya? And don't tell me well, he's young. They said he was injured, but he was still on the bench, wasn't he? I, I don't think. Did they say he's injured? Yeah, well, that's what I heard. The Fox all Sports I heard, all I heard is that they said that he needed a rest. The poor kid needed a rest. Mate, he's a man mountain. That guy, <laughs> you'd, you'd make him play three games in a row if you could. Yeah. At that age, youth you league, can. I'd, I'd make him play youth league. The W League, he can play in that game and he can play the seniors all in the same day. He's gone to have a hit at the Australian <laughs> Open, Carlos. Don't worry about him. All right, let's go to Ahmed in Broadmeadows. G'day, Ahmed, and welcome to the final whistle. Hey, good boys. How are you doing? Good, mate. Good, Ahmed. I just want to say Bruno Fornaroli hasn't been living, playing up to his standards and he's been really down. Like Last year, he would have scored about 16 by now, but he's only scored six and that's with penalties included. Look, Ahmed, I think uh, Fornaroli is playing as well as he can given the attention he receives. 
and, and, and the close marking. I, I thought he, he turned Aston really well at the start of the game and, and was, you know, he was he was sort of being held back. And I think he's, such, he's a danger player and just having him on the pitch is, is, is worth it in itself. He, he probably isn't scoring as much as you'd like, but he... But Chimmy got two tonight yeah. and it could be, you know... Oh, that, here, that, we interchangeable. here we go, here we go. on. What's your story? What, oh, they don't do, play hang together. Hang on, what do you think I'm going to say? Oh, I know what you're going to say. Tell me what, yeah, what like, you think I'm going to say. You always talked about no, when I, Tim Kale's in, are they going to be able to play together? Actually, Who's I wasn't going to say that. I actually wasn't going to say oh, that. That's a I was going to say that Bruno's great work occupying the defence hmm. has suddenly opened the door for Tim Kale to score. That's how I believe they could collaborate really well. I think Bruno's uh, going... Are you going to apologise to me no, now? No, I'm not going to apologise to you. Why would I? I'm just going to say that I think... Bruno's getting enough chances, as many chances as previously. He'll be fine. Thanks for your call there, Ahmed. It's uh, 26 past 10. Now give me a beat. Vinny's Best on Ground. With thanks to Best on Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts for over 26 years, if you're a plumber and uh, you're looking for a change, go to the best plumbers in Victoria, Best on Plumbing, or call, give them a call on 1300 Best on or... Check them out at beston.net.au. Mario and the team there are waiting for your call. And if you've got some plumbing works that need to be done, by, by the way, you can't go past Best on Plumbing. Vinny Venezuela. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Look, uh, my Best on person today, I'm swimming against the tide. I'm, I'm going upstream in a drain that's taking me the other way. <laughs> I'm giving it to Izzo, the keeper for uh, mm. Mariners, because I think that yeah. without him, they would have just been uh, completely embarrassed. Nine saves to... Uh, Izzo and none to Bazanis, yeah. I believe. And and some of those he, he got got out with his life because they, yeah. they were hit very, very hard. Oh, you could have said top draw there, Vinny, but you didn't. <laughs> anyway, let's thank I you very like much. My, I don't like cliches, Rodrigo. <laughs> know, That's my I best know. on I know. My, my best on man is uh, Izzo. Thank you very much there, Vinny Venezuela. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diegos. If you're um, on hold, please hang around. We'll come straight to you right after this break on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Football is like a religion to me. I worship the ball and treat it like a god. Too many players think of a football as something to kick. They should be taught to caress it and treat it like a precious gem. This has been a hot and sweaty but strangely arousing Pelé moment by the four Diegos. Joining us on the final whistle here on a Thursday night with the Four Diego's 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Give us a call, 94291116. Vinny, what was the hotline again? Just happy with the points hotline. Happy together. Happy. That's very nice. Beautifully <laughs> produced there, uh, Pedro on the panel. 94291116. Give us a call tonight, Warren. Oh, yeah. I'm just sort of... What was the crowd again, Rodrigo? Did well, you announce it? Um I believe it's 8,784. Mm. Melbourne City defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1. Timmy Cale scored a brace. brace. Thank you very much. Uh, Donovan scored before getting that, sent off in the 23rd minute. What's that mean? Uh, brace. It's, it's just... So go back you to, watch so much you know, TV. Yeah, and no, they say it a well, lot, but I don't know what it means. It's a trendy way of saying that he scored two okay. goals. Well, okay. it's, it's the Latin the Latin word <laughs> yeah. for arms yes. is brace, yes. or Italian as well, but, but, yep. but yeah, Latin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Brace is spelt B-R-A-C-E. Yeah. And you've got two of them. Two of them. You've got two arms, okay. two goals. That's a brace. Okay. Now, I'm just, I want to have a meeting with the Melbourne City Marketing Department next week because there's got I to be... I believe it's... Name names. Nick Becker. 
Is it Nick? I believe so. Okay, no, Nick. And, and Nick, this is no criticism of you. Because... In fact, no, no, Nick. Can you give us a ring right now? Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Warren needs to query you or question no, or no, scrutinise no, no. your just, performance. I'm, I'm just thinking that there's like Melbourne City are playing in the middle of the tennis precinct at the moment. Yep. Now I know you don't like these people, Carlos. In fact, there's probably <laughs> some at the tennis as well. Theatre goers. You yeah. don't you don't name them, but you don't like them. People that go and watch a sport because they might have a casual interest in it and might actually be, you know, interested in finding out more. But we need to capitalise on the 55-odd thousand people that are across the road at this time of the year and perhaps the disinfected... Disinfected? Disinfected. Disinfected. <laughs> disinfected. disinfected. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. disaffected... Yeah, keep going. Keep Novak going. Djokovic fans who, you know, they're... Nowhere to go now? Their backsides were dragging... Yeah along the ground yep. after the boy got beaten in the yep. second round. How do we get them across mm. into Melbourne Park? Maybe like allow them police to, escort. Maybe allow them to bring their flares. <laughs> oh, yeah, flares at the tennis. Yes. That's yeah, true. yep. <laughs> but uh, we need we needed a few more. You could uh, just put uh, Djokovic in the lineup. Start <laughs> with yeah. you could. I'm sure he was a handy true. footballer as a young man. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Matt's been very patient. G'day Matt from Berwick and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle. How are you, boys? Yeah, very well, Matt. What do you think of tonight's game? Look, let's be honest. This time last year, right, we were winning the league. We're top of the table. We've got the best team in the comp. We've got the best centre half, I think, who's a 19-year-old, sitting on the bench when we're worried about leaking goals. Answer me, why is he sitting on the bench? Exactly, Matt, what I was questioning before. That's the only thing... Um, you know, Rodrigo said he heard a whisper that he was injured, but all I heard that the boy needed a rest. Squad what, rotation. What That's are a they? Form of what are they? Cuts. What are they resting a man mountain for? Who's just the joy in his play, the power and joy and the technique and the, uh, the you know he runs on top of the ground. This guy is a modern day cent- central defender. He's an athlete. Absolutely. What is a, a Rolls Royce? You don't rest They're Rolls Royce. They're managing Royces. his load, Carlos. You know, what, it's garbage. <laughs> it's a it's a sports science people have been given oh, more yes, power than yeah. they deserve. Imagine where the world would be without science, Carlos. In, in, the, in the old days, it used to be just a coach. Put the best team out there and play your best team. Tonic was the best player on the park last week against Adelaide, and they've rested him tonight. Now I apologise if he is injured. <laughs> But Mike Valkanis did suggest during the week he may rest the boy. Right. right. Hey, by the way, if you've just joined us, Melbourne City actually won tonight, 2-1. So, um, so yeah. thanks for your call there, Matt. Really appreciate it. Um, hey, uh, let's go to George from the CBD. G'day, George, <laughs> and welcome to the Four Diego's. Ah. Yeah, 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 right, okay. It's not bad, okay. It's all about the family, George. Hey. Hey, yeah, hey. Are you, are you sound like George Zanikian? Yes, 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 yes. G'day, George. Um, what do you think of tonight's game? Um, we won. That's what I just said. Just happy to get the points, George. Happy to get the points. Hey, it's, hey, we've got plenty of time to do what we need to do. We needed to get the big unit a couple of hours away from the, uh, you know, the, the hectic uh, last month of football he's put in. Uh, yeah, hang, hang on, George, man. George, the boy oh, is... Man. The boy the boy <laughs> has played the four senior man. games and we need to rest him. He's been the best on man. in three games of those. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> if we were in the AFL and the senior management team said, uh, 
you know, young young Ablett's played uh, three games. Now we're going to give him a chance to have a bit of a break. We'll bring him back for the next game against Essendon. You wouldn't bat an eyelid. Absolutely, I would, George. Absolutely, no, I would. No, you. S- sports scientists with GPSs are a bane. They're a bane to a the game. They they're a blight on the game. They they're a okay. thorn in the okay. side of the game. They've okay. got too much power. Too much okay. power. Speaking of speaking of uh, people who have uh, a lot of influence and control, can I just put a thought out there for everyone to take on board, including the uh, the wonderful team at City. Next time when we have a function like this uh, or an opportunity to play opposite the Australian Open, you know what I'd do? I'd throw the gates open. And well, I'd say, welcome to the A-League. Well, I think, when George... When you're ready, when you're finished over there, come on over and see some real football. I think you're, you're echoing exactly what uh, Warren was kind of intimating yep. before, but you said the, much more eloquently by open. you. <laughs> throw the gates open. And I'd give away those little soccer balls that look like tennis balls as well. Yeah. Just to, just to bring them in. <laughs> Hey, a tennis fraternity would be happy because it's the round ball. And also, there's the cricket's also, across the road too, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where's the cricket being played yeah, tonight? But, but no, you, Perth. You oh, I did in Perth. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you anyway. Throw a cricket ball and it hurts. You can get the red eye <laughs> back from Perth for them. So, uh, yeah, look, I, mate, look, you know, George, we know that uh, the Melbourne City, you know, uh, it's a bit of a slow burn for them because I think, obviously, they're, you know, they started off uh, six years after Melbourne victory, and it takes Correct. time. Even if they're, yep. they're getting a bit of success now, it takes time. So yep. I'm willing to be very patient about crowd numbers and all that sort of stuff. They've got a bit of catching yep. up to do. But, uh, you know, if they get consistent, sustained success, anything can happen over the years. Correct. Correct. And let's not kid ourselves. Victory has done a magnificent job in the time that they've been in the competition. They became a powerhouse. They had a fantastic run, a monopoly of uh, the... Melbourne uh, A-League audience, and they won a bundle of titles. So congratulations to all of them. But there's another unit out there that's building and making every best endeavour to improve themselves on the field and off the field, and especially this week, by not only playing football, but also grabbing a whole bunch of youngsters from all around Victoria and bringing them to the City Football Academy and and making them part of their leader uh, initiative making young men of today leaders of tomorrow. That ain't a bad thing, is it? It's no. a wonderful thing, George. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, the, hey, football, the football organisation out there is working every day it can to make a difference. And, and I think we don't give them enough rap for that. And to all the people that say we've got all this money in the world, let me tell you, they're putting a lot of that money to good use and helping a lot of young Victorians to better themselves. And they're also bringing Australians from all around the country and giving them a pathway to the rest of the world. And again, that can't be a bad thing. Just very quickly, George, but as a city man, you you, you would like to see them play better football, though, <laughs> wouldn't you? Just Always. yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. Yes, of course, of course. And and let me tell you, Michael Valcanis will not be happy. He'll want, he'll want to see uh, better use of the ball. I thought again today we had an amazing ability in a five-minute spell to score four clean goals. But a combination of great keeping, some really crazy defence where people were jumping at the ball, getting their bodies in the way, and some uh, some players just jagging a, a you know a shot a little bit further left, a little bit further right, and missing the target. Georgie, are you anywhere near Michael's pony? Because if you are, just give him a bit of a hug. 
because uh, oh. Michael Volcanis ripped his head off in the post-match interview, <laughs> and I'm just worried for Michael, okay? Because no, no, he's such a lovely guy that not Michael's many coaches a have a crack guy. at him, and I know yeah, Michael sort of had a few Michael. words. So can you just give him a bit of a hug <laughs> and maybe a kiss on both cheeks too? Oh, next time. The Godfather will do that. <laughs> hey, George, as always, mate, we really appreciate your time, and uh, no always good to hear you on the 40 you guys, you, do, you guys do a magic job. Keep it up, boys. You're a good on you, Georgie. There's George Neakin, very proud official ambassador. Is he Melbourne. official? He is an official ambassador. So what ambassador. am I? You're an unofficial ambassador. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, like a, you're a member. Do you think I'm in fact, a, you're an outcast. I am a member. <laughs> you're, you're an idiot I am a member. Mate. Do you think there's ever a chance that I could become an official spokesperson for Melbourne City? Ever? No, because you bring the city name into disrepute. Oh, do I? <laughs> Personally. Okay. It's uh, 17 minutes Tough. to 11. Come on. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, we love to talk tax. Uh, if you've got some tax questions and you want them to do your tax uh, returns, get, give Tax Talk a call on 1300 366 639. Dom and the team, they've been doing it for 30 years. They know their stuff. They know all the tax law to the letter. Tax Talk, 1300 366 639. Warren, who you ordered? Yeah, into? I would imagine that uh, when you work in an organisation like Tax Talk, you have to be methodical in your planning. You have to plan, you have to be aware of what's coming up and what are the possible contingencies you need to put in place when things don't happen the way they should happen. And I, you know, Dom and the crew down at Tax Talk, I'm sure they're fantastic in contingency planning because that's a lot about what it is. So my order tonight goes to the back office staff, all of them, <laughs> all of them individually because they're a collective. Where? At Central Coast, okay. because fair income, you get the draw at the start of the season, okay? You get the draw, you, you go through the fixturing, home and away, you know, transport, logistics, all that sort of stuff. And you see a game in Melbourne on the, on the 19th of January. You see it there and you go, oh, wonder what's on at that time of the year. Oh, it's the tennis. The tennis is on. So you go to your hotel room and... You think, oh, okay, it'll take you 25 minutes to get to the ground. So we'll leave at a certain time. And then you find out that it takes you an hour and a half to get to the ground. Their whole preparation. <laughs> you talk about them being pathetic. The players were thrown, Carlos. <laughs> they were thrown. Who are you auditing here? I'm auditing the back office staff at Central Coast for not getting the technical, logistical, and contingency planning. There were so many options. What was the contingency plan? Yeah, to no. walk, really? To that, walk? That, that, to it. catch a boat? Trams? You've got trams? <laughs> they could have got a boat? A yep. tram? Yep. They could have... You know, they could have got the gear, the leftover gear from the Birdman rally yeah. and, and flown into it. Into they could have the got a couple of those. They could have got a, a whole fleet of those yellow, you know, those pedal taxis <laughs> and the guys could have got in. So... Who yeah. they are, I don't know. Would they? Have, they'd have a big. You've met the back office staff at a town hall meeting. Absolutely, at I know them all. Really good, good people, really lovely people. But they stuffed and up they tonight. They do their best. Okay, well, they do their best. They stuffed up tonight. It's an interesting audit there, Warren Diego. Hey, let's take a break. And if you're on hold, please stay with us because we'll come straight to you right after this break on a night where Melbourne City defeated Central Coast Mariners two-one at Amy Park in front of a crowd of eight thousand seven hundred and eighty-four people. It's uh, the Four Diego's final whistle on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Brazilian soccer star Romario discovered the key to goals, love. The scoring sensation married his 18-year-old bride Daniel Favato 
and friends among the 2000 wedding guests said Romario's league best 26 goal haul, which helped win the championship for Flamingo that season, was down to Danielle. During the previous season, amidst a traumatic divorce from his first wife, Romario's form was terrible. Geez, I love this game. We are the Four Diegos. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday night final whistle with the Four Diegos. Melbourne City 2, Central Coast Mariners 1. Timmy Cale scored two goals tonight. O'Donovan for uh, Central Coast before he got sent off in the 23rd minute. Harshly. Amy Park in front of 8,784 people. Let's go straight to our calls. Christian has been very patient from South Moran. G'day, Christian, and welcome to the final whistle. Hi, how are you? Good, mate. How are you going? Um, I was just, I'd like to talk how Bonaroli was held back a lot of the game. He was. It yes. was it's actually interesting, Christian. The referee decided to judicate against him sometimes when he felt that he was holding, especially young Liam Rose. So there was one disgraceful decision by the referee where he was clearly being held back. I don't think Fornaroli was doing any holding at all. And uh, he gave a free kick against Fornaroli. So maybe the reputation, uh, and maybe, you know, what we're getting, a lot of plays getting into the ear of the referee uh, and just almost making John Aloisi's campaign yeah, is slowly just, uh, working. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> and that's really, for me, if referees are getting um, influenced by, you know, the whining of players, the opposition players, mate, send them back to the... To the country because send they, them down to the under 12s yeah, absolutely point cook, I agree. You, you know make up your own mind referees make a, a good professional decision and trust your training do not get influenced by these players thanks for your call there christian let's go to zara in torquay g'day zara hello hi zara how are you going tonight good thanks how are you good thank you what did you think about tonight's game and who's your favorite player um bruno funerali yeah what do you think of timmy kale yeah he was really good last night tonight. Yeah. And how long have you been supporting uh, Melbourne City, Zara? I think two years. Yeah? And what made you start supporting them? Well, my friend got me into soccer and I really wanted to support a team, so I chose Melbourne City. Good Fantastic. girl. And do you play soccer oh, yourself? That was a mistake, Zara. Zara, do you play soccer yourself? Well, I'm going to be starting because I moved and I didn't get the chance, but I do soccer camps. Okay. Are you, are you the sort of person who wants to stop the goals or score the goals? <laughs> And the complete player, unlike yourself, Carlos. <laughs> because a name like Zara, you could be plays. a gun striker. Absolutely. And just go with the one name, Zara. Don't go with a surname, just Zara. Yeah. Zara, Vinny Venezuela here. I'll just give you a bit of a tip, right? If you want to get a regular game and everyone to love you, go goalkeeper. <laughs> oh. Never enough goalkeepers and yep. you'll just... Yeah, the that whole... might be a bit tough. If you nah, like, it's not tough, Zara. It's if, not tough. You'd if you like your it. nose the shape it is now, don't be a goalkeeper. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> hey, Zara, thank you very much for your call. Really appreciate it and keep on loving the game. Let's go to Andrew in East Doncaster. G'day, Andrew, and welcome to the final whistle. Yeah, g'day. I, I just had a question in regards to pricing. Like, when you've got an awesome stadium, why don't they have 5 or $10 admission tickets for the top deck? Yeah, well, it's, it's an interesting one. I think the um, the ticketing of the A-League is pretty reasonable myself in comparison. I think um, there's a, there's um, kids are under $10 for their tickets. It's interesting with Melbourne City, the top deck doesn't get opened up. And I think that's a stadium management. That would be a stadium management decision, Rodrigo, would it? You're an expert when it comes to ticketing and everything like that. So, um, 
look, I think you could open up the top deck for, for cheaper tickets, but I think it's got more to do with the way that the ground is configured and what areas they're prepared to open up or not. And it costs I, money to open up the yeah, top deck I, I too. I personally so. think that regardless, I don't know how much clubs have got control over ticket prices. I probably assume that, you know, it's got to be standardised and whatever it is across all the grounds. I, th- I think if Melbourne City had some control over ticketing prices, and I'm, 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 I'm sure that they have control over their membership prices, the three games and that sort of stuff. But if they had control over ticketing prices, I'd love to see the ticket prices go down just to continue to encourage people to come along and watch the game. Hey, thanks for your call there, Andrew. Um, before we go to the news, let's go to Jordan in Patterson Lakes. G'day, Jordan. Welcome to the show. That uh, Ruin Tongik uh, reminds me of a young Lubo Milicevic playing uh, for Perth Glory in the NSL. Absolutely. Uh, Lubo was a fantastic player, great technique, big and strong, um, and you can handle you know, the defensive side of the game. He was actually a, a bit of a prodigy, uh, Lubo Milicevic. Uh, I think uh, Tonyik's probably got, is probably that little bit more mobile, uh, but Lubo could certainly read the game, and he probably didn't... I mean, some people probably would say that he lacked a little bit of pace, but the speed of his mind and where he could read the... Uh, read where the ball was going to land. I think that was the uh, advantage or the benefits that, or the qualities that uh, Lubo had. You're right there. Thanks for your call there, Jordan. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you're on hold, please uh, stay with us. We've got a break and the news coming up very, very shortly. Melbourne City defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1. Tonight, Tim Cale scored in the third minute. O'Donovan in the ninth. Then he got sent off in the 23rd minute. They were 10 men. Cale scored again in the 39th minute. This is the Fort Diego's final whistle. On 1116 SEM, the Four Diego's. Bratton sends it in low. Training ground into Cahill. Unbelievable. It worked. Worked to perfection. Skimmed along the surface and Cahill clicked it in. What a start for Melbourne City. 1 0. Edge of the box. Kane against Franey. Goes by Kane. Falls in the area. O'Donovan. Bang. They've answered. That was a really nice goal. Roy O'Donovan with his team leading eight of the year and we are level 1-1 ball goes back in that's a goal and that's Cahill this time it counts that one did hit the back of the net Cahill punches a corner flag and scores his second of the night it's 2-1 welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here in 1116 SEN Melbourne's home of sport thanks for joining us tonight on a night where Melbourne City defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1 Timmy Cahill opened the scoring in the third minute then uh, O'Donovan scored in the ninth minute he got sent off, unfortunately, for him in the 23rd minute. We'll talk about that red card uh, this hour, of course. Ridiculous. And um, Timmy Cale then scored another goal in the 39th minute at Amy Park tonight in front of 8,784 people, uh, which was the official crowd number there tonight. David, Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Vinny Venezuela's in the chair. Good evening. Warren Diego. Novak Djokovic was at the game tonight. No. Was he? Oh, he? No, I don't think he was. Well, he should have. Well, he lost. He yeah, probably but it would have taken his home. mind off it, I think. And Carlos Alberto Diego, <laughs> you're Rodrigo. in the chair Thank as well. Thank you very much. I'll say hello to the listeners because Warren just decided to speak about Djokovic. Is he a, is he a footballer? What is he? Novak. <laughs> 
Yeah, is he a centre forward or something? Or? Oh, he could have played <laughs> centre yeah. forward once. Yeah. He's a tennis player. In the first is he a tennis player? Oh, he is. <laughs> okay. Tennis In the first hour, we were taking calls, obviously, um, about cities. City winning ugly, we heard. Uh, Bruno Fonaroli no, being... No, 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 winning no. indifferently. Did we not Rodrigo. take some calls in the first hour about <laughs> them winning ugly? I don't think we said I'm just ugly. recapping on uh, some of the our calls. No, no, I think you're embellishing, actually, by so using the term ugly. allow me to continue. Getting a bit uh, defensive there, Rodrigo. Of course, <laughs> and, and I'll get defensive if I need to. <laughs> Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Hey, uh, what is the what is the hotline, Vinny Venezuela? It is the just happy to get the points hotline, See, not the winning ugly hotline. It was the just happy to get the points hotline. Give us a call on the winning ugly hotline nine four two nine eleven sixteen, or send us a text message on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Mm. Hey, uh, Christian's been holding on the line on nine four two nine eleven sixteen from Reservoir. G'day, Christian, and welcome to the final whistle. Hello, how are you? Yeah, very well. How are you tonight? Not bad. Don't be, don't be defensive tonight. Just uh, <laughs> go on the attack. How, how, what did you think about tonight's game? It wasn't bad, but we're getting caught out on the counter-attack, and oh. the tactics need to be better if we want to go good in the finals. Yeah, no, Christian, I th- don't think I've had a... There hasn't been a better caller tonight. If we had a prize, I'd give it to you, but we don't. <laughs> that's so cold. That's cold comfort. <laughs> but I agree. I agree, and this is where... This is where a, a permanently appointed manager that comes in <laughs> deals with the issues because um, Melbourne City and the counter-attack has been, it's been a thorn in their side all season. The second goal that won Adelaide the game after the disallowed goal that should have meant Melbourne City won came from a, a counter-attack and there's been other goals through the season on the counter. So I agree with that. I think, I think there's a tendency for particularly Luke Bratton, and maybe because of the mentality of the fullbacks, and I'm, I'm, now I'm reaching into your area, Carlos, which I'm <laughs> sorry Is this the Warren about. lab? Just, just Warren easy. lab. Yeah. There'll be trouble, um, Warren. Because we're the, in the lab now. Because the, the fullbacks push so high He's up the ground. He's got the test tubes out at the set. moment <laughs> in the lab. <laughs> Come on. Uh, what's in the... No, I won't say. Um, because, the yeah, in general, I won't go too much into the into the uh, tactics, the minutiae of the uh, of the whole thing, because <laughs> he doesn't understand. I it. don't understand yes. it. But uh, yeah, I agree. Counter attack. They need to prevent that, Christian. But it, it wasn't an ugly performance tonight. It was an indifferent performance. But points in the bank. I think indifference also a bit harsh. I think they they they, they were a, a bit better than indifferent. In fairness to them, they 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 had a crack at goal and and. G- Kept Izzo working hard for for his Well, money. he was best on ground. So, so you know, yeah. there were some very good positive points to your game. But as oh, a thanks, Finney, for as the... as <laughs> a as a as an outsider, as, as a neutral, oh. I'd like to say that you're not the city that that had me. You're not fearing, fearing us. You're not fearing, fearing us at the moment. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm not fearing you at the moment. No. Okay. Hey, Christian, are you still there? Christian, you still there? <laughs> we yeah. lost him. Oh no, oh. Christian, you wanted to talk about Bruno Fornaroli. No, Tonyuk. Oh, you want to talk yeah, about Tony? Yeah, yeah. How he was one of the best players last week and he got rested this week, apparently. Yeah, that's Apparently that's the official line, but Rodriguez heard through his great... He's got his own little town hall. He went to a hall. town hall meeting. No, no, he week. has he his did. own. He has his own town hall meetings. He said <laughs> not that there's well a whisper attended. at the town hall meeting mm. and apparently the only two people at the town hall meeting was Rodrigo and the Michael <laughs> and Tommy <laughs> Valcarnas. It's, it's, uh, it's more Sorry. a pop-up shop, uh, yeah, yeah, Carlos, absolutely. Rodrigo and runs. Rodrigo just, he wasn't, it was just off the record, by the way. Rodrigo just <laughs> absolutely on the let, yeah, let the cat out of the bag saying he was injured. But uh, why would you have him on the bench if he was injured? So officially he was rested, which I 
think I agree with you, Christian. He should never have been rested. The young kid, you need to run him and run him hard into the ground as much as possible and get him uh, up to speed with the rigours of adult football. But listen, tiredness is a medical condition. Mm. If he was tired, <laughs> that's injured. Not at that age. <laughs> There's lots of shows I get tired of you. Trust me, it's yeah. a medical um, condition. You know, the momentum, I, I'm a big, big Stickler for this thing that uh, if someone's got momentum, you got to keep the momentum up. Absolutely if a team's got right. momentum up, you keep you don't rest yeah. them. I'm with you, Vinny. They won tonight. Quickly, incidentally. that turns into fatigue. They won tonight. Incidentally, two one against the Central Coast Mariners. Give us a call on nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Love to hear from you. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Um, boys, I just want to touch on the uh, Roy O'Donovan send off. We didn't talk about it a lot in the yep. first uh, first hour or so. So, was it was it a red card? No. So no. we're talking about him flinging his arm uh, Rodrigo, as a centre forward you, into the um, central defender's face. Have you ever tried to jump, Rodrigo? You've jumped. You've got off the ground. Not recently. Where do your arms? <laughs> where do your arms go when you jump? Well, the rest of I jump, and then the rest of it catches up about five minutes later. But um, and the arms go up. Up, yes. yes. The arms go up. He wasn't now, jumping though. He wasn't. It, he it, wasn't looking to create space. It's 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 like you've never watched a game of football in your life anywhere around the world. Anywhere around the world, you throw your arm indiscriminately like he did. Make contact with someone's head or face in this incident. Doesn't matter what. Sort so of, intent doesn't mean that, anything. There's no intent. Indiscriminate, careless is enough to get you sent off. Ask Vinnie Grella in the 2007 Asian Cup in Thailand. He just jumped up again. The argument I've got to. You can't jump with without your arms being up. Well, you've got to have, um, you know, that that element of care for the opposition. You just can't throw your arm around. That was red card every day of the week, yeah. every day of the week. And anyone who doesn't, anyone who doesn't, doesn't accept know that the game doesn't. It's like you never watched a game of football in your life. Yeah, a lot of people are saying it could have been a yellow card, but um, we we. Had What's the good... difference, Carlos, between a yellow and a red? Then it was a red. It was not. It was not a yellow. Point, it was Rodrigo. a red. It was a red because it was dangerous. Uh, that guy knew, he knew exactly what he was doing because okay. he's Irish. The Irish know exactly how you to know, throw that arm back. With respect, Carlos. And, 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 with respect. And with apologies to the Irish who don't throw their arm back. But You're embellishing they, a little they, bit. It wasn't dangerous. You go to an under-five game in Ireland, they're all throwing their arm back like that. You they're know, all doing it. You know it. in the morning when, when it's dark and the alarm clock goes off and you've got stuff on the side <laughs> table and you're just reaching around yeah. to find things and your eyes yep. aren't really open. Yep. But you're not really doing damage to whatever's on your side table. Good point, yep. That's what he was doing. It wasn't dangerous. No. I think at the most it was a yellow he, card. He, I don't know what the letter he, of the law he is. He wasn't pressing the snooze button. Unfortunately. <laughs> I think he was maybe searching around for an eye gouge, no. but unless he's got an eyeball in his hand, anywhere, it's not a red card. Anywhere around the world, Vinny, anywhere around the world that is a red card yeah, every day of the oh, week it shouldn't be Carl. so why well, did the referee look, okay. have the yellow out and then go to the red you know what is it with third officials at the moment well the thing is the what thing is, is it you know one minute we say uh you know the referee was unsighted why didn't the linesman make a decision and why didn't he call him over well, we're calling for the linesman or the uh, assistant referees who have got a bit of view sometimes to contribute uh, and when they do contribute, you have a go at them because they shouldn't be contributing. And when they don't contribute, you have a go at them because they're not contributing. So make up your mind, Warren. Make up your mind. What do you no, want no, the assistant I want them referee to, contribute. to do? I want them to contribute by – there's four eyes, four eyeballs. You talk about Roy O'Donovan didn't take one of the eyeballs of the referees. There's four eyeballs looking at this. Yep. And they've both got different opinions. And yet the guy who's in charge – defers to the opinion of the guy who's on the sideline. Who now, I don't get it, that. Who sees it clearly. No, but – 
He sees it clearly. The referee saw it clearly. Had the yellow out of his pocket. Well, the, no, he didn't. He was, he knew. I didn't see. By the way, I didn't see the referee. I mean, I oh, say so you're calling Paul no, O'Con a liar. No, I'm saying Paul O'Con. He's not a liar, but he's mistaken. You are calling him a he's liar. He's mistaken. He's just mistaken. I didn't see the referee pull out a yellow card at any stage. Right. Um, he reached out for his red card as soon as he consulted with his linesman, which is normal practice. The linesman saw it clearly. He was adamant he saw it. This was not a Barisha rescinded red card. This was full-on contact, and it could have made it could actually done some damage. And Jacobson, who's played some football at top levels in Europe, he was, you know, he remonstrated because it was dangerous. He did remonstrated. He was mortally wounded too, and, wasn't and he? Mortally. It could have been. It could have been. He wasn't though, was he? It was a wayward, a wayward arm that could have done some damage. You know, it's very interesting. Insufficient contact. Last week when we had that fantastic interview with Alan Davidson and Mm. he's on the uh, Match Review panel and he was saying that sometimes when we talk about events, uh, you know, we've almost invented a term called orange card where it's not quite yellow, it's not quite red. And I think this, this is almost something that would go down to an orange card sort of incident that probably requires some sort of redefining because it's not quite the same as as going up for a header with with your elbow that, that that's got a lot of force in it yeah i mean it, it can be it, done. It's, if it's if that, card, it, no no it can that, be if that made contact with his nose it could have broken his nose oh, i don't know i didn't feel it was i, if, I felt that he held his hand out for so long that it was intentional and the other thing but too it really, wasn't violent and the other thing too is it's not like teams and players in the A league haven't been reminded of this at the start of the year well, apparently there was an edict that went around all the clubs that the head is sacrosanct that you do not make contact with the head, especially with any part of your arm. And, and you know, they know about this. So yeah, for them to com- complain now, they're just deflecting, diverting attention from their, from their team's uh, pretty ordinary performance, I must say, Central Coast. Mm-hmm. And O'Donovan o- o- let the team down. Yeah, look, the dumb thing is that on the back of what happened with Barisha, I don't even know why you'd want to go intentionally, uh, you know, fooling with that sort of yep. rule. To get up, yeah. to get into the air... You lift your arms. He, was, he wasn't even off the ground. He wasn't <laughs> he trying to fly, Warren. He, he wasn't off the ground at all. Anyway, this is why we love the game, because uh, there's no. never agreement on anything. Mm. At least I think the four of us in this room, in this studio, and then some of our listeners agree that it was a minimum, at Where minimum, sit, a yellow Rodrigo? card. I thought it was a yellow card. But and in my town hall meeting during the news, <laughs> the pop up in, in the corridor, yeah, I popped up. How a many were there, Rodrigo? It was me and Amira. Can I um, say though? <laughs> can I say with regards to town hall meetings, it's not the number of people that turn up, Rodrigo. No, no, it's, it's the not. quality Thank of the you. people. That I feel turn better up. about that. The fact that it was a yellow, that we all think it's a yellow card minimum, means that he he won't get that red card rescinded, because the match review panel will have to determine. Because then it becomes a matter of judgment for the referee, yeah. and the match review panel won't overturn. Yeah, that but I, I would say that that. That, that would never it, be described as an obvious no, error. No, but people, it was never an obvious no, no, error. But, but people are talking about, should he, in light of what happened to Barisha, should he appeal that? Yeah. But anyway. No, we need um, Barisha. Roy O'Donovan got sent off. Yeah. Uh, 9429-1116. Give us a call. 9429-1116. Just let's uh, tell Warren, a.k.a. Warren, that I love, <laughs> that I love Pinot Noir, read the Christmas derby, Silvio in Faulkner. Hey, by the way, Djokovic is a victory man, and I think I do recall that. Um mm. So let oh, low, okay, yep, low no crowd numbers equal shorter beer lines. It's a win. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's turning it yes, around in a very positive way. Good mm. work. If we had a prize. Send us a text message on 0433981116. My grandma's bowls team would intimidate uh, City and their salary cap is about 10 bucks a week. But gee, they can finish and they don't drink vodka cruises. 
Olay Diego's Bruno has two to three players on him every time he gets the ball. Most uh, foul player in the competition. He needs to start finding the uh, free players around him. I thought he could have dished it off a few times tonight when he was in the box. But that look, you know, people, He's a striker, Carlos. people was. I was just going to say, people were applauding him last year for his single-minded approach in front of goals. He'd take two or three players on, do the business, slot it away, um, and tonight. Timmy Cale scored two great goals, so and he was free the whole time. Last week, Timmy Cale wasn't in the game against Adelaide. Uh, this week, he's in the game, and I think Bruno is a. He probably might not accept the fact that sometimes he's got to be a foil for Cale, and Cale sometimes got to be a foil for Fornaroli. I don't think that's what their problem is at the moment. If it if there is a problem, they just need. I think they just need a little bit more intensity, uh, irrespective of the opposition. That's what. If he had scored that scissor kick. In yep. the second half, we wouldn't even be talking about him in this way. Yeah, he missed it by a mile in the end. But um, <laughs> hey, just on on Tim Cale, was this his best uh, full game, or you know, his best overall game rather at Melbourne City? Uh, I, I don't reckon you're going to get ninety minutes of brilliant football. I can't remember when no, Timmy Cale gave. He's gave not us, in the game the whole no, time. No, no, he's a player ever. that goes in and out of the game, and he has moments. And even when he was at his top form at Everton, and you know, some of his some of his you know great early performance of the Socceroos, it was great goals or those moments he produced rather than 90 minutes of just brilliant football. Uh, he just doesn't play that way. And, you know, if you're looking for Tim Cale to thrill you for 90 minutes of football, well, that's, that's not going to happen. But he comes up with those moments. And he uh, often talks about the fact that he's a moment man. He, he, he arrives at the time when the team needs him most. And, uh, and you know, and he comes up with those great goals. It, it's... It's a, you know what I'd love to do one day is sit down with him at a town at Timmy Cale Carlos Alberto town hall meeting just one to one. He has them during the match after Absolutely. the match. Yeah, he did it with everyone. He, he had fun this afternoon with his Foxtel people after. The yeah, game. yeah, and also had it with Troy O'Donovan. I'd love to know what he was talking to him about <laughs> on the way went off the field when O'Donovan got the red card. But I'd love to work out and what you know this is what you can teach little kiddies out there. People all around the world for twenty years now know that Tim Cale is good in the air. In the box, he scores goals all the time, at will almost. And teams, when they're going to come up against him, they work all week how they're going to stop him from doing it. And he still keeps on delivering over and over. It's a skill. There's something going on with Timmy Cale. It's not just out jumping people. It's actually something more. It's his thought process around where's he start, how's he get there, what's he anticipating. And it has to be in that moment. He is thinking and anticipating faster than anybody else because that's what tends to happen. He's higher than the person. He gets to the well, right well, spot. Well, he jumps early sometimes yeah, in hang, hang time. But I, you know, the, the clearest example of what I'm talking about is when they had the World Cup qualifier in Japan, uh, October, almost 18 months ago, I think. And, uh, and uh, Timmy was on the bench that night, but... The Japanese all week in the Japanese media were saying, we're going to make sure he doesn't score with a headed goal. We're going to stop him. We've been practicing. And this is what is in the Japanese media, in the print, in the, on the radios, on TV, all week. They're talking about they're going to stop him from scoring, stop him from scoring. Anyway, I'm not sure what happened, but the, the coach at the time, I think it was Ange, no, it wasn't Ange, it was uh, Osiek, I think, at the time, had, uh, had him on the bench at the start. And he only came on in the last 15 minutes. And the first thing he did was get in the box and score a goal with his head. And all week, the Japanese have been saying how they've got a plan to stop mm. him. And that, for me, that was the clearest example of you just can't stop him. If he's, if he's in the right spot for him, 
he'll always score. It doesn't matter against two. We saw him in the in the in the South African World Cup um, against Serbia. Remember, he jumped all over the top of Vidic, yeah. one of the best central center, central defenders in the world, against Chile in the last World Cup. Jumped all over the top of their central defender and and put in goals. The guy is even now still is one of the best exponents of the headed ball at goal in world football even now ever. Well, he'd be up there, I reckon. You know, he's he's but he scored goals against centre halves, celebrated centre halves, some of the best in the world regularly. And in the English Premier League, where they're still heading the ball a lot, uh, other parts of the world are not heading the ball as much, but in the English Premier League, they're still heading the ball a lot. He was still scoring goals right up to his last uh, games with Everton. So 94291116, give us a call. What do you, do you think about uh, Timmy Cale, Bruno Fornaroli tonight um, and Melbourne City's game in general? Did they do enough to make you think that they are on the right track under their uh, current coach at the moment, Michael Valkanis. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. It's twenty four past eleven. I know you're gonna dig this. Red alert! Red alert! Let's go. Carlos's young gun. With thanks to the Northern Football Academy at St Monica's College in Epping, it starts this year. They're looking forward to it. They've got a full list. Um, if you are interested in uh, sending. Uh, one of your children to uh, uh, the Northern Football Academy, give them a call on 9409-8800. Fantastic facilities. Simon Colosimo is the patron of the NFA, and uh, they are really, really looking forward to making this one of the elite uh, academies in Victoria. Carlos, who was your young gun? Yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, I've, I've got this little bit of a uh, mischief, mischievous streak in me oh. and almost give it to Tonyik on the bench. He didn't even play tonight <laughs> because I think it was a ridiculous... If you, if they're just resting him, it's ridiculous. And yet Valkanis is doing a good job. I, I, I said from the start that that was a problem I had with the coaching team, but I'm not giving it to him. I'm giving it to Bruce Kamau. People were critical of Bruce because he didn't play a full 90 minutes tonight. But I thought in the first 20 minutes, he was sharp. Right. He was turning people. He was... Uh, you know, giving hell to Galloway on that uh, right-hand side, and uh, and I thought he was very, very good. Um, but really, no other, no other young guy actually uh, tickled you know, your fancy. Not at all tonight. So it's Bruce Kamau, almost by default. Uh, but I would have given it to Tonya if he even was on for about five minutes because uh, the guy's a champ. There you go. Um Bruce Kamau for 20 minutes of football wins the Northern Football Academy <laughs> Young Gun. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. The coach? Oh, he's fair. He treats us all the same. Like dogs. This has been a sad coaching moment by the Four Diego's. Is the Four Diego's final whistle here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Melbourne City defeating Central Coast Mariners tonight 2-1. Timmy Cale scoring twice tonight. Uh, O'Donovan scoring for Central Coast Mariners. He got sent off in the 23rd minute. We talked about... Uh, the it was ridiculous. Card. Warren says it was ridiculous. Carlos said it was a red card every, every day. day of the week. Venezuela sided with Warren. You sat on the fence. I sat on the fence. Well, I thought no, it was a yellow card. No, he said it was card. yellow. I yeah, said I thought it was, it was a yellow, yellow card yep. too. So um, everyone against Carlos here tonight <laughs> on that particular issue. Give us a call, 9429-1116. That's 9429-1116. Emmy Doncaster off the text message says, The simple problem with City and their fans, they are singularly focused and obsessed with beating victory and victory only. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's probably not a bad point, but I'd simply <laughs> say that victory fans seem very obsessed by Melbourne City's rise, or when it was a rise. <laughs> no, look... And yeah, we don't care much for the but plateau. The other, but the one thing I will say, it's hard not to. And 
here's the difficulty around this, and I think it was, I think Carlos may have said it early on in the show, I think when speaking to George, actually, around the fact that City have, I mean, Melbourne Victory have become such a successful team in the years between them starting and Melbourne City starting that it's difficult not to be obsessed by, you know, the big the big fish in the town. If you look at equivalent if you look at equivalent places, I would say that up until Man City being taken over, they always had that, you know, we want to beat Man United. Everton, you know, you can have a bad season, but if you beat Liverpool twice in a season, you've had a good season. So, And there's lots of other examples around other places. So I think that's probably but, true. But are you surprised that there's rivalry between teams, there's history between teams, there's enmity between teams? No. Are you surprised? No, I'm not. Okay, so, you know, this, and you've actually been on this show before, and you, you've nearly, walked out, you've nearly walked out when people start comparing victory with City, even though victory hadn't played them that night. Yeah, yeah, I don't, the other like, way I don't understand yeah, but, that but part. I don't what, understand victory what, fans being what? worried. That's what rivalry is all about. That's what, um, that's what derbies, uh, you know, they, they are bred on that, uh, on that bitterness, that enmity, that, you know, that, that just hate. The, the bitterness between fans and for, for their clubs, not personally, but for their clubs. And I think that's good for the game. I think that that drives things. I was talking to someone today and uh, at one of my town hall meetings today, and they were saying that, you know, the FFA should do what they did with the Sydney Derby this year and have the Melbourne Derby first game of the season next season at the MCG and see how many we get. And I, and I, and I think that's what you've got to do. You've got to, you've got to breed this this bitterness between fans and, and clubs and then throw them into a cauldron like the MCG at a game when there's no form coming into it and all your best players are playing and see what you get. And uh, they got 60,000 plus this year at uh, the Olympic Stadium in Sydney with the Sydney Derby. You know, you never know. You might reach somewhere around there or even more in Melbourne. Mm. There you go. Um, here you go. Just off the text message here, Henri from Bungaree. Uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce, as fast as lightning, but lacks the finishing touch. Get Brandon in. So um, that was that's interesting. So do we think? I think Bruce Kamau. I think uh, he sharpens them up. I think. Uh, I wonder why Brandon yeah. is on the yeah. bench though. Is no, because no, he was sent off and he's just working his way back back into the side. Really, I, I think that's yeah, purely it. Because until he was sent off, he was one of the first picked, and they had Brucey, Bruce Kamau, and Brandon in the same team. Kamau's got huge upside, huge upside. Oh, yeah, and it, and look, I I think he, look, being young, he got injured quite severely early in the season. What was it? He fell on his head or something? Or did the ball hit him in the head or yes, something like that? Yes, it did. It was a serious injury, and he was really mm. one of the best players for City in those opening games until that happened. And I think it's taken him a bit to get back into it. The young guy, he's got to, you know, sort out his body, but I think he's shown glimpses in the last couple of weeks. As a neutral, I'll say this. Uh, at the start of the season when City were... They were mesmerising, and I think Brandan was part of that because he was very plucky on the wing, and and he was giving something. And something I think with Brandan, it, it became a little bit about theatre and 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 milking for milking uh, for free kicks and stuff like that. And needs to get back in focus. And and I think that's where he sort of found his way onto the bench and into the bad books, perhaps. But I think City's were a really good team at the start of the season. I think Bratton hasn't really shown the form that he he opened sort of his accounts with at City with either. And I think that when they get back to that, 
if they can get back to that, they're just going to be dynamite. And I just don't think they're there yet, day in, day out. And at the start of the season, they certainly did have a run where they were blowing everyone out of the water. I think the problem they're going to have, it's a good problem to have too, is when they're all up and firing, uh, how are you going to fit them all in? Because at, at the start of the season, there was uh, Colazzo who had the mm. vertigo issue, yeah. yep. and that allowed then Brandan and Kamau and Fornaroli and Tim Cale all to be in that yeah. in that same team. Um, you know, when Colazzo's playing his best football, one of them are going to miss out. It's uh, interesting. Unless, I go back to that victory unless game. Unless you're going to start playing Colazzo back at left back, which defeats the purpose of having Colazzo. I go, I go back to that. I go back to that victory game where they probably played at their best. Interestingly, Kamau, Brandan, Fornaroli, Colazzo, Kale, Bratton, Kilkenny, all played in that game. So. It's an interesting one in terms of the mix, how it's changed and chopped around. And, I, and, and I've been saying they this They played with a, the back three that night. Yeah, they did. And that's where the, the, they had yep. the one less. Yeah. So, uh, and they had Manny Musket on the right, so Franish wasn't playing. Yes. So they almost got the balance right because they had Josh Rhodes, who's he doesn't maraud forward, but he, he does know how to defend. Mm. Manny Musket's a defender, and they had Jacobson. So maybe that's the blend. When they've got... You know, some decent defenders. But that means your man defense. Tongic missed, misses out. No, yeah. Tonic for me is not a guy who marauds forward looking to... Can he play he as can a play. second guy in a back three? Absolutely. Yep. That, he's done it already. Yep. Hey, um, just off the text message, Peter in Cheltenham, City and Victory should have started the same year. And uh, he sent one earlier as well. Hi, Diego's Carlos is Melbourne Victory's undercover fan. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I mean, I th- look, you can't go back and no. go over it, but I think... It would be interesting if you had a crystal ball to get a sense of where the two teams would be now in terms of fan base. It's funny. If the two teams started at the same time and Melbourne Victory went on to have the success that they had and Melbourne City in that time didn't have the success until taken over by the City group in the time that they were, I still think that you'd find there'd be a disparate disparity. I'm intrigued what would have happened. Uh, and, you know, I think if we had football, remember John O'Neill was the CEO or the, what, the, the head of the A-League at the time, and Matt Carroll was, they both came from rugby, right? Frank Lowy was petrified that they blew up the old end of the cell and they start in this new competition, had no idea how many people, I still remember, a week before the first game, he was imploring football fans to come out because no one knew how many people they were going to get to games. So it was a bit of a relief when we started getting the 12s to 14s to Melbourne victory games at the time. But I think if we had football people in charge in that first year of the A-League, we would have seen two teams in Melbourne. We would have seen, obviously there was more than two teams in New South Wales, but you probably would have seen a West Sydney Wanderers and a Sydney FC in Sydney. And I just think we've, we missed a hell of an opportunity by being too you conservative. You can understand, though, Carlos, no, we their can, reluctance. But, yeah, but it was really... It, I can understand why a lot of people who didn't want to follow it. Because there were eight teams, right? Looking back now, I know it's in benefit of hindsight. We didn't want the thing to, to go bankrupt mm. early. So I understand why they did it. But, geez, if they were football people and they had a bit more faith, we, another team in Melbourne would have been brilliant because then we wouldn't have had such a disparity between victory and city uh, or whoever that was going to be. And it may never. And I think... I think the thing that's the unknown now going forward, as much as Melbourne City may be successful, is there ever going to be an opportunity for them to build the supporter base, particularly when we get a sense that 
it's almost inevitable that there'll be another team in Melbourne. So no, I think if they keep winning over time, it's a slow burn. I mean, yeah. they've got to be here forever. I mean, they can't be saying, no. "Oh, we're going to give up after five. They're going to be here for fifty years. If they're here for fifty years, of course they'll they'll build their build whatever the core they're going to build. You know, and when they have periods of sustained success, that's they'll right. get younger that, fans. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey, let's take a break now. When we come back, we'll have a listen to what the coaches had to say after the match. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. The company tonight on the final whistle, Melbourne City defeating Central Coast Mariners 2-1. Timmy Cale scoring two goals tonight. Uh, O'Donovan uh, scored in the ninth minute before he got sent off in the 23rd minute. Harshly. A crowd of uh, 8,784 at Amy Park. We know what you think about it, Warren Diego, but uh, let's have a listen to what uh, Mike Valcana said after the game to Fox Sports. Now, Michael Valkanis, uh, the Melbourne City coach, uh, joins us now at the pod. Uh, Mike, congratulations uh, on the win. It was uh, tough work, though, wasn't it, for your team tonight? And once again, we've seen a team really struggle to break down an opposition that's reduced to 10 men. Did you think that was the case? I thought we had many shots on goal. You did, but you had uh, 60 minutes of football yeah, that's against right. but, 10 men. But look, I think we have any opportunities to finish off the game yep. very early. So I think uh, whether we're 10 men or 11, I think we got into the box a lot of times. I think it was 26 shots to two. And I'm pretty sure a lot of those shots should have been clear goals. So I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, yeah, it was 27. So, so uh, in the end, the three points is what is the most important thing, given uh, you're now six points away from the top two. Well, of course, of course, after we, uh, I think we played well in Adelaide and we dropped points there. Today was important to get the result, but at the same time, uh, you know, we'll be a little bit disappointed that uh, we didn't get more goals. Gents? Michael, after Adelaide's game, um, scoring early and conceding almost straight away, the same thing happened tonight. Is that an area of concern, that lack of concentration right after you guys have scored a goal? Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. It certainly is. Uh, it's happened a couple of times now. It seems that uh, we drop off a little bit with our intensity and pressing a little bit higher. And uh, it's a couple of times that we've just dropped off and uh, thinking that we can just contain them a little bit. But it's not our style to do that. We need to continue pressing up high and, and putting pressure on the ball. So it's something we have to overlook at because uh, we're scoring goals and we've got to stop conceding silly goals. Sometimes it's not easy to play against 10 men, Mickey. When you took Timmy Cale off, and obviously he's the greatest threat going forward, particularly when you're getting crosses in. When you took him off, was there a change in tactic to, to perhaps not get as many crosses in because Timmy's not there anymore, or did you just keep it the same? Because it looked as though a lot more crosses were still coming in because it's natural for them to do Ritz, so. You're, you're spot on, because even last week we kept him on because of the amount of times yeah. we were getting in wide areas and crossing the ball in. Today we thought we'd change it up and put uh, Anthony Caceres, uh, fresh legs, and to try to penetrate through the middle as yeah. well. And I think he did really well giving vertical balls in behind for Bruno. There were two clear-cut chances yeah. there, so... It was just a little bit of a change. Uh, a lot of teams know we're going to penetrate from wide areas and uh, Caceres can give us something else. Yeah. Michael, I want to ask you about Nicholas Colazzo. He was outstanding tonight. Once again, we've seen him playing that more advanced position. Do you think that's a position that suits him best? Yeah, look, with uh, Colazzo, he's, he's a great player. I think he's a cultured player that uh, can really make a difference. He's had a, he's had a season that's been hampered by, you know, when he, when he missed a few games through injury and so on, because I thought he started off particularly well uh, at the start of the season and then when he came back he played various positions uh, from left back to attacking midfielder to left wing and in the last three games we've tried to keep him in the same position given that consistency and I think tonight he had a really good game and he, he grew into the game and in particular in the second half he, he started really showing signs of uh, his early form so we're, we're happy with him he's a good player 
happy if Kilkenny's back in the uh, in the lineup. Obviously, eight yellow cards is quite excessive in a short yeah. period of time. Well, look, Neil. Neil's important. Uh, Neil's a good organizer. He's a good communicator. He's a leader in the midfield, and uh, it's good to have him back. Uh, it's, a, it's actually good because we've got a full strength squad at the moment, and a lot of good players are missing out. But uh, there's a lot of competition. The boys are doing well. Michael, thanks for joining us. Well done on the win tonight. Uh, back on the winners list, and for the seventh game in a row, Melbourne City scoring the first goal of uh, the game. There's uh, Michael Valkanis with the uh, Fox Sports team after the game tonight. Warren, what did you think about uh, what your coach said? He put the wind up zappers, didn't he, really? At the start, yeah. he, he put the wind up zappers. Look, he makes some really good points. I think uh, Neil Kilkenny's a silently... not. Can you be silently the most important player in the team? I think not necessarily the most important player, but he's really, really important. I think uh, Calazzo for me, is the person that if he gets back to the form that he showed with respect for a very short period of time, it was really only a couple of games before he got injured, I think he's a really important player. And because of Carlos had said it, John Van Skip not rating fullbacks. Calazzo's played at fullback and he needs to be settled in position. So, yeah, makes really good points. 27 shots to two. You're probably going to say that you need to score more goals. And Melbourne City do need to score more goals because they concede goals. And it means that they're always under more pressure to score because no matter what they've done this season, they haven't been able to keep clean sheets. And the problem of having you, having you being scored against immediately in that period of time after you've scored. It happened against tonight. It happened last week, which is disappointing. But he talks like a, um, a good assistant coach who's <laughs> interimly the, uh, the head coach of the team. No, he's doing a, a good job, and he's very passionate, very defensive of his players, which is a good thing. So um, a win's a win. Yeah, but if the club is going to do something... Should they just wait till the end of the season, let him audition and just do it then? I think there's a point to which, if he keeps going for another few games, that it's then unfair to replace him. Well, I would have thought that it had to be done comes, straight. I don't, I don't think well, fairness comes into it that I would it think level. it's a bit counterproductive to allow him to go five or six games. He's three now. You go five or six, you're asking the players to possibly change again. I think if they're going to replace him, they need to do it as soon as possible. Yeah, but if they're going to keep him till the end of the year, this is a club that expects to win things, right? So it's not that he's being a caretaker coach and whatever happens, happens, and he the year's a write-off. He has to win things, right? So if they're going to keep him, they, for me, the club must think he's the right man for the job. So if that's the case, give him the full-time job. Make an announcement. Make an announcement. Mm. Or do the right other thing, him, get or, another guy absolutely. in. Absolutely. It's one or the other. And, uh, and I think that's fair on the players. If you talk about... Players need to be treated fairly in that respect because they're expected to go and perform. But if there's uncertainty about who your boss is going to be uh, and, and you don't want another voice in there unless that voice is going to be there for the long term. True. But I think they should – one thing, I know you're – I'm in que- furious agreement you're, you're, with you, Carlos. You're questioning the position of Valkanis. That should end if the club makes a statement yep. and says, look, he's our coach going forward. We're going to – you know, give him the permanent job, or alternatively, a second option might be he's not going to be at. You know, but you know, we're going to have him to the end of the season until we get another coach, or thirdly, bring another coach they in. They might now. not do either. You know, it's not an enviable position because I think you're dead man walking every scenario because you're not profile, and he, if you unless short of him winning every winning uh, t- the, the league, 
I think he's on a hiding to nothing. But he's a good guy and he, they're doing well and, and may they keep winning. And One game at a time, Billy. Right. There's no yeah. reason why this Melbourne City side, if they're tuned in and they play it to a decent level, that they can't win regularly. No they one win expected regular- Musket to do as well as he did, so there's no reason why Valcanas can't do the yeah, same. Yeah, and, and Musket was given time. So, again, I think there's better coaches in world football than than uh, Tommy Valcanas. Tommy. But... At the same time, uh, we don't get the best coaches here. Graham Allen's not the best coach in world football. Kevin Muscat's not the best coach in world football. So why not invest in this bloke if he keeps winning? Yep, it's going to be. He talked about uh, them dropping off in intensity, which they tend to do, and and then yeah. lets other clubs in. That's if he can stop that, then oh, as you said, Warren, they won't cop as many goals. It's hard to keep intensity up for ninety minutes, as we well know. Yeah, but the problem Rodrigo. is, there's two types of intensity. There's the intensity that Sydney FC have that when they go forward with intensity, they're able to come back with intensity. Yeah, two-way. Yeah, and Melbourne City, it's not like they're lazy, but when they go forward with intensity, that's what they're good at. But they haven't learned to be good coming back with intensity. And that's a coaching thing. Well, I'm not quite sure what that is. If they're doing their best and working as hard as they can, it is a coaching thing because it's a structural thing. Uh, But Sydney FC do it beautifully. Yeah, look, I think Melbourne City were doing that. I think they've just dropped off. Something's happened mm. along the way. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with a little bit more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Hey, thanks for your company tonight on the final whistle. It's the City Edition tonight uh, as they defeated Central Coast Mariners 2-1. A Kale scoring twice for City. O'Donovan for the Central Coast Mariners. Uh, he got, also got sent off in the 23rd minute. A crowd of 8,784 at Amy Park. Um, Hey, boys, we're back on Saturday. It's a special occasion on Saturday night. Of course. Uh, uh, not, not just because Perth Glory play Melbourne mm. Victory, um, which is a special occasion, but yep. uh, uh, one young Warren Diego. He's turning 21. A, he's turning 21 <laughs> with 29 years' experience. On, uh, Isn't it a great effort for... And you're coming in, too. For said Warren right. Diego to yes. be coming in. To be fair, and, and, and look, we're pretty close to midnight, so no one's listening at this time. Uh, this is the address of Warren's party if you want to come to the party. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're, uh, yes. we're, we're discoing tomorrow night I at live Warren's in the place. western suburbs, Carlos yes, we are, yeah. just, uh, look, just drive around the streets And look for the lights on in the house And you'll be able to find Warren's yeah, party be, The Diego's will be there There'll be four blokes there that I've yep. paid yep. to come Yep. And and, but it's all, soft it. it's all soft drink It's all soft drink Because we're no, preparing for the show absolutely. Vinny, can yes. Victory lose? Of course they can lose Will they lose? It's Perth. It's a dangerous game in Perth. They're hard to beat over there. So let's go to our tactician, Carlos. Coming who's to the lab. Who's coming to the lab. Yeah, who's going to win? It's a danger game over there. Yeah, I tell us the score. Said, uh, what you said. Uh, the, the score, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, look, Perth are all over the shop at the moment, and they're having problems with a few players in the change room. So victory need to win. They were disappointing last week. I think victory will win over there, but it's a big, big game for them. We're back with the final whistle at 10 on Saturday night. Uh, that's it for this week's show. So remember, Carlos. Where are Puerto Rican girls hang out? We'll be there. Wherever you Samba Rumba and La Bamba, we'll be there. Wherever there are girls with fruit on their head and balls their feet, we'll be there. Wherever gringos play football, we'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Ole!